This is Morgan Michael, welcoming you to Kindsight 101, the podcast where you'll hear from world-renowned educational leaders about the mobilizing power of kindness, together by challenging our assumptions and venturing beyond the status quo in education, we can make a big impact, one small act at a time. I hope you love this interview. It's an interview I did with Raphael Divi, which is all about the Unity Mandela. And this is a beautiful art project that he does. And it really reinforces the fact that we are all in this together. And his beautiful leadership is one of the ways that he teaches middle schoolers and young children that message of unity and oneness. And so I think more than ever, we really need that. And I hope that you love this interview as much as I did. Enjoy. I want to welcome you, Raphael, to my podcast, Kindsight 101. I'm really excited to learn more about the Mandela Project, which has been a really important transformational process for a lot of kids and adults that you work with in schools. And I just want to welcome you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to start with the Mandela Project, because I think that that's sort of what you've been leading with in the educational community. And then I'd love to, I'd love to delve into what inspired you to, to create it and what you hope for the project. So maybe first you can start just by introducing yourself to the audience and then maybe talking about what the Mandela Project is. Um, I'm originally from Haiti, Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And my family left Haiti when I was 11, 12, and then we kind of went to the States and then we came to Canada. And um, since then, I've grown up in, in Victoria, BC, and the um, I've always been an entrepreneur and different mindsets and trying to always create a business or an organization or make people smile and be happy, but bring people together as well. And um, recently, my, my latest endeavor has been the Mandela Project. It's a collaborative art initiative as a way to bring people together to build a Mandela. And if people don't know the word Mandela, it's a, it's a Sanskrit word. It really, it literally means circle, but it also represents much more than that. It represents the, the universe, really, and the, the patterns that, that, that kind of create the physical structure of the world that we live in today. It's a really, it's a really simple, simple creation, but complex. You, you know, like, like you saw, like you saw the pictures of, right, right, Morgan? Yes, and I'll definitely be linking some your accounts on the show notes as well, so that people yeah, can see it because it's I, spectacular. It's, it's. This is a very visual thing to see. Yeah. And when you visually see it, everything makes sense. For the whole show, I won't. I won't say um, what it's made out of. That way, people can get the surprise themselves when they see. Okay. A Mandela. We can talk about mathematics, science, art, music. And in schools, I kind of bring together that interconnectedness of the disciplines where in mathematics, we talk about sacred geometry. In science, we talk about cymatics. Um, music, about vibration. And the kids get to paint a piece of the, of the Mandela. And there's a, we even cover languages where there's a reflective writing part. You know, the, the ideology behind the project is we hang together as one or we fall alone as individuals. Mm-hmm. But only groups of individuals will bond together as one. And so when I think about that idea, and again, not wanting to give it away, this really reflects, I think, the direction that policy and 
lead educators want to take with education. And I think it really reflects the greater world is this idea that we are not living in silos where we're interested in just particular topics. It's that everything is so interconnected. I am. I try and share with, with students, your eye is a Mandela. If you have an eye, you're, we're all walking Mandelas. You know, we have that, that imprint, that beautiful imprint. I'd like to talk a little bit about, I know that, I think I read or I saw somewhere that your dad inspired you with this project somehow. Can you, can you speak so, to your family connection to this? So my family connection to the Mandela Project, it, it kind of starts with the work that we do already. Uh, my, my family runs a pharmacy in, in Victoria and it specializes for people in recovery from substance use. So a lot of our clients are in transition from recovering from opioids to alcohol to everything you can imagine that's on the streets. And we work a lot with the homeless, the, the, the street community in Victoria. And we opened up a nonprofit society called the Daily Dose Society. Now, my family did it differently where our pharmacy doesn't sell bubblegum at Kit Kat. You know, to paint a picture, there's for you, there's the artwork of all the clients on the wall. There's coffee, there's computers. It's really a, a different environment, a different space. We have 65 storage lockers for homeless clients. And we, we hold that space for the people. Mm. And with the nonprofit society, the Daily Dose Society, we, we have a driving service where we drive people around to doctor's appointments, court, parole, probation, wherever people need to get to to, to not have more situations come up in their lives. And this work is not easy because you're dealing with a lot of trauma, you're dealing with a lot of pain, and when you're surrounded, when you're surrounded enough with all that pain and stories, it, it, it comes on to you a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's always overdoses, there's always people passing away. We've had dozens of clients that, you know, really friends that pass away. And it's, it's a, it takes a toll on everyone at work. But that's the kind of that's the that's the heart work of the outreach community, right? Hmm. So, so for me, the Mandela Project was almost a way to balance out those energies. Okay. You know? Yeah, that's interesting. I was going to ask, what is it? What is your outlet then to to create a place for you to have that self compassion? Because I think when you're carrying and you're you know you're making space for people, their trauma, their backpacks full of all of their experiences and you're sitting alongside them. It's, and I think about this as a connection to education because many educators are on the front lines of people and little people who don't know how to process their trauma. And we, and, and the stats are unbelievable. Like even in some of the schools you wouldn't expect there's, there's tremendous trauma. And so, yeah. So tell me how the Mandela project and and your creativity or artwork kind of helps you to ground yourself. You know, the Mandela Project is really, it's really the, it's really me. It's really, I'm just sharing me with people. And I'm just, I'm, I'm very happy that schools have allowed me to share me because I share my experience and my lens of the world. You know, I, I share, when we're in the classrooms with the kids, I bring a speaker, we play music from West Africa, music from Belize, music from Honduras. Music from around the world, music that kids would have never heard before in their lives mm. or never heard before until they get older and are exposed to different things. So it's, it's a beautiful way for me to share my culture, but also um, see um, the impact that, that it has. And, 
you know, I would have some kids be like, oh, can I have your playlist? Can you share your playlist with me? And, and to me, that's, that's as important as, um, that's medicine right there. Music, music is medicine. It opens my heart every time to be able to share, to share that love with the kids and to build these art pieces where, you know, sometimes, some, some, some people might not feel that they're creative and might not feel like they, they have an outlet to express themselves. People just need a, a, an environment that kind of allows them to be vulnerable. And that's okay. And then we build a really cool art piece together. And the kids are like, what the heck did we just build? Like, <laughs> they're like, out of the simple item that we, the simple household item, um, we build something magical. And that's, that's what I want to show the kids that anything simple, any household item is magical. Wow, that's so profound. And I think while well, you're building, first of all, a lot of tension for the listeners because they, if they don't know about your project yet, they're like, how does he do it? And what is this object, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I want to dig into that creativity piece a bit because I think I have heard as an educator, I have heard so many of my colleagues say, oh, I'm not creative. Like, give me something to copy. Sure. But I'm not in intrinsically creative. And I totally agree with you that that is a fallacy. Like every human being has the potential for creativity and the potential, I think, to grasp that feeling of inspiration. What's your take on creativity and maybe where it comes from, but also how, how we give ourselves like permission to tap into it? I, I feel that when you have, especially in adults, um, when you have adults say, I'm not creative, it's not, that they're, it's not that they don't think they have the potential. What they're saying is that when I attempt a creative act, it doesn't produce the outcome I would like it to produce. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, for example, they're adults, you know, they, they know how to write, they know how to read. But for example, they can write better than a fifth grader, right? right. So when they think in a linear process, when they think that, okay, if I'm 60 years old or 50 years old, I should be creating, my first art piece should be um, a mature 50-year-old quality art piece, um, as, if, as if they've been painting for 50 years. But it's, it's not even, it's, that's just automatic in their subconscious that, um, you know, whether, whether they're doing anything, when they're learning a new technology, because they're, old, they're older, they're mature in different things, they feel that, that that maturity should apply right away to something new. But it's not true. You know, creativity is much like a sport. There's there's talent involved in it, but there's also hard work, and there's also nurturing that that creativity. I feel that what what they need is an ability to create something and feel satisfied after the first creation. And how do we do that? Like, I mean, because I think you're right. I think that is totally why it's easier for a kid to start in whatever area they want to get better at because they sort of see themselves maybe not through this lens of achievement but more through the experience right and i think like as adults when we're doing something creative we might have really good taste in that particular topic like exactly if we're doing music we have really great taste in that music but if we're a beginner it's like our ability doesn't match up to that that exactly. Taste. They're like, what? They're like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> like, I should be playing a, a concerto right now. I should not be That's listening right. to squeaks and squizzles. Yeah. So, and, how, what do you say to people then? What's your advice to people when they have that negative self-talk about their efforts when they're trying something new? I think um, I think one of my favorite ways of of introducing people to art is 
Um, maybe you can do this right now. Do you have a pen, pen, and, pen and paper in front of you? I sure do. Okay. And whoever is listening, I guess they could do the same thing. And, and it would be really fun to... You, you will see. So take a, take a piece of paper. Okay. And I'll just scribble everywhere. Just scribble circles, dashes, whatever. Just keep scribbling. Don't get the pen off the paper. Scribble all over for like 10 seconds. Okay. So after you do that, you have this kind of like spiderweb mesh in front of you, right? Sure. And now just look at it and squint your eyes just a little bit and see what shapes and forms you see have been created through this massive scribble. I see like curved shapes. I see a circle, ovals. Now out of one of the circles, create like a, a face. Like see if you can see like a face of like something that ever like anything. Like a face that's been drawn in front of you. Yeah, okay. And that's creativity right there. That's that's as simple as anything and as complex as anything as well. What it is is almost about your perspective, hey? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a fun activity actually to do with um, anybody. Anyone. You just scribble the page and then just look at it long enough and some things will pop up. <laughs> <laughs> and boom, you're an artist. <laughs> Boom, you're an artist. There we go. Instant, instant satisfaction. You know? But I think it is. I think it's like, can you create the narrative that says that I'm on the road to where I want to get to? And then that that's enough of the satisfaction, right? Of the creativity. And I, and I guarantee you, if you do this exercise every day and then you compare your... And like what you can do is take your pencil and sketch over the, the areas that you created. Like a, you see like an, a face or a picture or something. And then I kind of create like an actual like painting out of that. So you kind of sketch over the eyes or the face or the mouth. And if you do that every day, you'll see that every time you look at your scribbles, they get more and more complex because you're, you're allowing yourself to see more every time. So I can tell you the story behind how I came about this, this um, project. Yeah. I was, um, you know, when I, I always know and feel that things manifest when you put your energy out there, right? Mm-hmm. So one day I was kind of like wondering, okay, I, ne- I need certain items for the house. And I had roommates moving in and I needed these items for, for them to have in, in their room. So I said, okay, so I kind of just thought about it, thought about it, put a little good manifestation out there. And then you let it go. Live your life. A week or two weeks later, things usually pop up for me at least. Mm-hmm. So now, as I'm driving home, I had... um. I had an idea. Oh, I should stop by Value Village. Just um, Value Village is a is a, a secondhand consignment store. So I passed by Value Village and I went to the donation section. Then I saw a fellow with two garbage bags full of items that I needed, the actual items that I needed. Hmm. So I said, "Hey, man, do you, do you mind if I if I have these if I if I can borrow them?" And he was like, "No problem." And he was like, just gave me a big hug. Now I had two garbage bags full of items that I needed for the house. Wow, like the items you had wanted to exactly. manifest? That's unreal. Exactly. Wow. So after that happened, I was like, okay, this is good. I took care, you know, put everything in the house, make it look clean. But now I had one garbage bag left over with with the items. And afterwards, two weeks later, nothing passed by. And then I just kind of walked around and then I was like, okay, I have to do something with this. It's kind of like the scribble. After you do enough scribbles, take a look at it. What's going to happen now? Nice. And then I just started playing around. I just started having fun. Start playing, playing, and the next thing you know, boom, the Mandela's created. No and way. I, <laughs> just like that. And what? Was, and after the Mandela was created, I was I knew there was something something different there and something that um 
it was really a gift that was shared with me. Yeah. How I see it, it was a gift that, that was shared with me to share with other people. And the way I came about building the project as a, as a school project was I didn't want to sell the art. I didn't want to I didn't want to fall into that cycle of creating, selling, creating, selling, which I'm not against, but it's just that's not where my um, my energy lies. At. That's not where I, I see I can do the best impact. Okay. Because as an as an artist, as a human being, for me, what's important is who do you impact through your art? Who do you inspire, and how do you how do you introduce yourself to the world? And in in that in that way of thinking, I I just left the art piece in my house for three months, and after three months, I the idea came: okay, we can build this with people. Wow. So. The first group that I did was a Baha'i group, and it was a Baha'i community um, youth leadership um, camp, and my friend was running it. And then I said, hey, do you mind if I run this project with the kids? She was like, no problem. So I came in, had all the paint supplies, and we did the first project. And every every participant painted two pieces, one two pieces of the mandala, one for yin, one for yang, and their topic was hope and despair. So they already had like a reading, a reading, um, um, readings and things they were doing as a group, but now this art piece, this Mandela created with all the youth, represented um, the unity of their their outlook on hope and despair and what that means to them. Wow, that's so cool! And now, if we were to connect this project to to other classes, I mean, you can really choose any theme that's maybe juxtaposed, but somehow fits the yin and yang idea where you kind of need one and you need the other and to balance it. And I think you've used it for graduation ceremonies, which is something that I kind of want to draw attention to because when I think about my listeners, a lot of them are educators and so they're looking for different creative ideas. So can you talk about how it might be used for a graduation ceremony, say in grade, you know, from elementary school to middle school or from middle school to high school or even from high school to the world (laughs) yeah so so the 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 transitional ceremonies that that youth go through it's a very special time it's a very special time for for them to be embraced welcomed and um, celebrated there's a very specific reason why i chose to do the mandela project um, primarily for transitional graduation ceremonies and that's because it allows the project to stay sacred and, and, and um, unique. Um, it represents the transition that they go through from one phase in their lives to another phase in their lives together. And to me, there's nothing more beautiful than that because you're, you're allowing, you're allowing a, a physical imprint. You know, for me, it's like take the yearbook and put it into a Mandela 5 feet, 20 feet, 10 feet art piece and that's what we're doing mm-hmm. we're taking their experience um, their happiness their joy their discomfort their insecurities and we're building a Mandela collectively with everyone and it's like a legacy like it's almost like an artifact yeah. that leaves behind a legacy right yeah it's it's a it's a physical artifact that leaves a legacy and, and what I love the most about it is that when the piece is done nobody owns the piece I don't own the piece either the students don't own the piece because it's everybody's piece. And the idea is that as hopefully as the project continues and we do more schools, after a while the schools are going to wonder, where are we going to put all these mandalas? <laughs> you know, like where are they going to go? 
I have a plan for that, and that's a, a legacy tree. And what I'd like to do is the mandalas that are built, as the new one is built and the old one's taken out of the school, the school could have a um, artificial tree built, but the branches of the tree, the leaves would be the mandalas that the kids created. Whoa, that's cool. That's so really you, neat. So, so because you've seen the piece, you kind of you kind of know what I'm talking about. You could yes. have different leaves come together and you kind of you know create lotus flowers out of the mandalas. Wow, that's really cool. And that kind of represents life too, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the legacy of the of the kids of the school. I would love for every student to have a professional picture taken of their eye. Mm. And and that being printed out and given to the student. We are all walking mandalas. Everything that they're learning throughout the workshops of sacred geometry, cymatics, art, vibration, in times of sadness, um, trauma, or even joy, I, I think that just a simple image of someone's eye, of your own eye, will remind you of, of who you are and, and your center. And I think that every time someone looks in the mirror, they, they, it'd be beautiful for them to, re, to remember that they're all walking mandalas. That's all. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And I think it connects then to that greater vision of unity as well, that it's within, yes, we see it within ourselves. So we kind of see each other within ourselves, if that makes sense, right? It's kind exactly. of a cycle. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. What does kindness mean to you, Raphael? Kindness really to me represents um, one's, one's ability to, to step into someone else's shoes. When you really take someone's full history, and if you were to put that in your mind, in your body, you would become that person. A simple example is, for example, the, the child soldiers in different countries around the world. If you put yourself and experience what they experience, you would become them. Mm -hmm. If they put themselves and experience what you experience, they would become you. To be able to to see someone who who, who is harming people or, or is hurt themselves, the kindness just represents being able to acknowledge that and being like, okay, I don't approve what's going on, but I understand. If, if you think that your way of living is is a more harmonious, peaceful way, so share, share the foods you eat, the, the videos you watch, the friends you have, because something as simple as sharing an experience with someone will change their outlook on their lives. What one skill or superpower do you think that a teacher needs to lead with in order to be effective? One skill I would say is <laughs> taking it easy. <laughs> <laughs> what do I mean by this? I, I just mean that the student that you're seeing, don't see them as a student because they're just a person. They're the same way you're not a teacher, you're just a person. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, if you think back to when you were a kid and you used to look at teachers and, you know, you would see, okay, these are teachers, these are people that are not me, these are other people that you're, a third party you're interacting with. But the teachers you really love, they were just people. They're just no different than the person at the cafe, the person at the restaurant, the person at the airport. They're just people that you're sharing an experience with. And I think that intrinsically, youth can can pick up on that super easily when, when you're trying to be a teacher. Um, kids can feel that when you're sharing versus teaching. Wow. I don't think anybody has ever said it that way before. 
And finally, what quote would you print on one of those quote cups that could be sold in big bookstores around the world? Always surround yourself with strong people. And if you cannot find them, become one. Then they'll find you. Did you have anything that you wanted to add before we wrap up our conversation? Like, for example, where people can find you and find out more about your project? You can visit the website at um, theunitymandela.com or you can find my page on Instagram at RafaelDV, R-A-P-H-A-E-L-D-I-V-I. Yeah, that's that's kind of... Um, I'm excited for for listeners to be able to see what we've been talking about the whole time now. Me too. Yeah, it's quite the hook. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think that's that's a way also to doing justice to the Mandela Project. And, you know, share, I'm just sharing, you know, and, and you can, you're welcome to listen and give advice as well. Love it. And I think what I'll do is I'll definitely share the links on yeah. uh, the show notes so that people can find that. Absolutely. Well, Raphael, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me.